Hello Skillets, welcome back to Cast Iron, the podcast all about rock and metal where we decide on a specific album per episode and dig deep, check it out, see what we think. I am Lewis Clark um, and I am always joined by my lovely cohort, uh, that is Alan Williamson. Hello Alan. G'day. <laughs> How's things your way? Extremely hot. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So the listeners can't see, but I'm currently in a singlet, or as I used to call them before I moved to Australia, a vest. Yeah. It is 33 degrees right now. It was a high of about 35. Mm. And um, if you've ever been to the European subcontinent and think that that would be a pleasant you know, Spanish Barcelona type heat, it is not. It is more no. like a internal Spain type heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, I can imagine. We're, um, we're in the middle of a bit of a heat wave coming up to yep. Christmas, which isn't abnormal for Australia because mm-hmm. we are recording this on the 18th of December yep. um, so it's um, roasty toasty so I've got a fan pointed at me and hopefully Lewis can remove the noise print from said fan in <laughs> production <laughs> oh you won't be able to hear that don't you worry buddy um, I'm on the other side of the planet in the UK and it is currently 8 degrees Celsius and I am in a jumper and uh, my hands are quite cold. <laughs> I could lend you 15 Celsius and we would still uh, both be equally comfortable. There you go. That's 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 the, 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 the goal here, isn't it? Anyway, um, <laughs> we should probably get to the task at hand, which is said album that we have chosen. Well, I have chosen for this one. Um, I wanted to explore some grindcore, so I thought, well, why not do a seminal British grindcore act in the form of Napalm Death, but we have chosen Harmony Corruption. What made you choose this? Um, right. And so this is also my first introduction to grindcore and, and crust punk. And I yep. don't know much about the latter, but I assume you are either familiar or a fan. Yeah, I am a, a fan of the scene, to be honest with you. Um, and I think, unfortunately, this was probably not the right pick. <laughs> um, I picked this specifically because I wanted... Um, a more accurate look at uh, what I would say is the classic Napalm Death lineup. Um, so, Napalm Death are one of those bizarre bands in that uh, they have no original members. Um, so, the album that they are probably most widely known for is an album called Scum. It is their debut record and it features none of the members that are currently in Napalm Death today or have been in the most longest running lineup. Um, so that's why I wanted to do Harmony Corruption because it's the earliest one that I would say features three of the most you know classic members um, yeah. that lasted for quite a long time. So the people in particular I'm talking about are Barney Greenway, vocalist, uh, Shane Embry on bass, and Mick Harris on drums. Um, we also have Mitch Harris on guitar for this record and Jesse Pintado. Um, Jesse. Uh, did have a long stint with the band. Uh, he was with them until 2004, but unfortunately, uh, very sadly passed away at t- uh, in 2006 um, and kind of marked the end of their five-member era, uh, and then they went back to being four-piece for the rest of their career. But like I say, uh, there are three members of the band here that have been, you know, pretty consistent lineup for most of their career, and the, yeah, their members are Shane, Barney, and I think it's uh, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch, the guitarist. Yeah, because um, it's the last album with Mick Harris. Yeah, Mick Harris is one of their earliest drummers. Uh, he was replaced for, after this record by Danny Herrera, who is still with the band today. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get more of a more of a modern look on the band, even though this is an album from 1990, because <laughs> I wanted yeah. the, the classic lineup essentially, because I wanted to to get what was probably the most emblematic, you know, example of the band instead of just going, 
well, we could we could do Scum, like absolutely we could do Scum. But I feel like Scum is an album that has been it is widely regarded as a grindcore classic. Uh, it is quite a seminal British extreme metal album, um, and it often appears on uh, you, you know best metal albums of all time lists. And yeah, I think it's been overanalyzed. Whereas I kind of wanted to to hit what I would say was you know peak Napalm Death classic lineup what you what you're going to be hearing from most of their career because scum is not particularly emblematic for the 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 large portion of their discography it's a bit yeah yeah well and we'll definitely get to that because i i listened around a little bit so i listened to a bit of scum i listened to from enslavement the obliteration which is their second album Mm -hmm. um obviously i listened to harmony corruption i'm not just going to wing it um and i listened to their most recent album which i had to write down the name of which is called Throws of Joy sorry, Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism. So I listened mm. to that as well in preparation for this. Um, I mean, even if people haven't heard Napalm Death, they're probably familiar with um, You Suffer of Scum, which is the, yep, the shortest song in metal history. We can play it for its, in its entirety on this podcast right now. Yep. It's two seconds. <laughs> there we go. There hopefully, Lewis go. Has, hopefully Lewis has cut that in. Uh, yep. You Suffer. You but why? Um <laughs> So, Napalm Death, um, look, I, I've got into it completely unfamiliar. Um, and as you said, this is the first album with a somewhat stable lineup that they've mostly retained. Um, yeah. They essentially invented the Blast Beat, or they came up with the name Blast Beat. Um, and I hope you like them, because you're going to hear a lot of them in this yeah. album. And uh, Barney Greenaway is a big prog metal and Dream Theater fan. Yeah, so that's uh, so good for him. He's appeared. He's, he's uh, I think he appeared on stage with Dream Theater doing the vocals on a cover of Metallica's uh, "Damage Inc." at one point. That's that's crazy. Um, I know that I know that they're very um, just up for anything as a band. It's a bit of a bizarre situation. They have a really really like wide crossover appeal for a band this heavy. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, a great example was uh, they were booked for a British uh, dance festival a few years back called Bangerface, <laughs> and just happily turned up and played it. Um, and yeah, they just again just just a bit of a strange crossover appeal with this band. They really seem to 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 show up in bizarre places. Uh, if you really want some very strange further viewing, there is a bizarre interview where Ed Miliband uh, interviews Barney Greenway and learns how to. Uh, death growl, uh, which is possibly one of the most embarrassing and cringy watches you'll ever see, but certainly worth checking out because it is uh, bizarre. <laughs> uh, I've actually met Ed Miliband. Oh, yeah, interesting. He's, he's taller than you'd think in real life. Oh, okay. That's uh, pretty much all I can say. He's a pretty nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, he wasn't Prime Minister. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was still suffering the consequences. Now, for the listeners, can you please explain what, first of all, what crust punk is, and then what grindcore is? Um, right, so grindcore is a mixture of hardcore punk and death metal. Um, it is normally uh, very short and sharp. Uh, songs rarely go over two minutes. Um, they are normally very, very short, uh, to the point, and extreme, uh, just yeah, heavy use of blast beats, tremolo picking. Um, mm-hmm. It's not too far from black metal. It's just that the production quality is normally a little bit higher. The bass is a little bit more higher in the mix, uh, and the songs are very, very short. Uh, Cross punk is very much a similar sort of uh, foray into that same idea. It's just that the punk uh, uh, element is more prevalent instead of the metal side of things. Um, and uh, cross punk normally revolves around the fact that there's like a sort of anti-fascist or like anarchist element to it so you often find that it's very left-leaning uh, in its political sort of vibe um but so yeah very so similar kind of... to very similar to napalm death then that is, it is very go. similar to grindcore um mm. i guess the difference between black metal and this kind of grindcore influenced death metal is that uh, black metal tends to be more high-pitched shrieky vocals whereas this yes. is very growly grunty vocals yeah, um yeah but apart from that, uh, yeah, similar, similar. So this yeah. this album um, was actually pretty controversial with Napalm mm. Death fans. And if you listen to Scum or, um, as I did yesterday, uh, From Enslavement to Obliteration, you understand why fairly quickly. Because this album was recorded in Florida, um, yep. which is the home of like death metal. 
Yep. Um, or at least it was a big death metal scene around there, including the, the, the eponymous band of death. And yep. this is very different to the first two Napalm Death albums. This is much more in a death metal direction. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is what I was not expecting, to be honest with you. I was uh, uh, okay, maybe maybe I haven't chosen the best representation of what Napalm Death are. Because yeah, it is a very almost direct death metal record in comparison to anything grindcore or crosspunk. There are definitely elements of those genres that sort of seep into the songwriting, but I think largely we're coming away with a death metal album here instead of um, anything that I would regard as grindcore. Which, um, yeah, was certainly a surprise. Um, we, we, we've certainly dealt with death metal on the, the show before, but we often generally focus on melodic death metal which um, gives me more of what I want from this genre in that there's a little bit more variety (laughs) You you posted something on Twitter where you said that you had um, been listening to death metal for four hours and now your brain was mush Yeah (laughs) Um, We'll get into that but I think um, did you you listen to any of the more recent Napalm Death? Uh, No I have not actually so um, I do feel like I maybe we should have gone that way because I know for a fact that more recent Napalm Death seems to review incredibly well. They're still a very highly regarded and highly, you know, revered band and they seem to, whenever they release a record, it seems to always end up on year-end lists as best of the year and stuff. So let's leave that to the end then I can talk okay. a little bit about the latest Napalm Death album. Let, let's get into it. So the first track in this is Vision Conquest. First impressions. Yeah, so straight away, blast beats and tremolo picking. Um, I was very much on board <laughs> from the get-go, um, but that will change. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, my first impressions were, okay, cool, blast beats, tremolo picking, that's my vibe, I'm into that, I like me some black metal, and this is very much in keeping with that sort of vibe. Um, but like I say, because it's death metal, production seems to be a little bit... Um, more enhanced in comparison to a black metal record. Yeah. Got a little bit more bass in the mix. Although I would say not much bass in the mix. I still think the guitars are quite low in the in the overall mix and they sound quite thin. Um, yeah, it's very drum driven. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, but Barney's vocals are, you know, instantly apparent and quite, um, you know, what's the word? emblematic of this band I guess they've, he's got uh, he's got an absolutely mighty roar on him, he's a really interesting vocalist um, but he doesn't have a lot of variety a lot of uh, nuance no. to his ability um, unfortunately. I was, I was quite surprised by the vocal clarity because yeah. you can mostly hear what he's saying unlike a yes, lot you of can. metal bands mm. um, which was, but apart from that it was pretty much exactly what was expected, blast beats, tremolo picking, quite punky, quite thrashy yeah, the production's weird, and the drums feel like they're hitting some kind of volume threshold and blowing out. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'm not sure if it's the way they're if they're being triggered in a weird way or the way they've been set up. But yeah, it's very it's a very fatiguing sound, isn't it? Even yeah, for a two two and a half minute track. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, it's um it's a pretty good encapsulation of what's going to come across this record. It's uh the riffs are often very sort of punky. You'll get like uh, sequences are sort of D-beat drumming which is all, you know, very hardcore punk style um, but then it will break itself up with a sequence of blast beats and lots of tremolo picking um, and then you normally get a sort of like shift in like uh, tempo it will slow down a little bit for sort of like the back half um, give you a sort of more of a bludgeoning sort of groove which is always welcome across these songs, I think those are the bits where it really highlight how good the band can be because there's a there's actually a little bit of a you know light and dark. We're actually mixing things up a little bit to, to make the songs sound a little bit different as they progress. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the style you get throughout the entire record. I I, I, I liked what I heard initially. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think they've definitely got their sound down. They want to make something sounding very evil and uh, oppressive and in your face. But 
as the album goes on, and as you'll soon find out, it does it does really kind of beat you down a bit, unfortunately. Comes a little bit of a, a mind snare, you might yeah, say. Yeah, oh, it does. I, mean, it I um, <laughs> without getting into it, like we might we might as well talk about it now. So I I first listened to this a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay. Here we go. Sat down to read it, and, and it was at the end of a very long day in work. And I was like, I can't do this. My head, so yeah, this is very yeah. hard. And and um, on Wednesday, uh, so it's Saturday, when we're recording on Wednesday. I sat down to refine my notes a little bit and go through the album again. And I thought I'm going to listen to this, but I'm also going to play Command and Conquer Remastered. And I could not <laughs> do it. I had to turn the game off in about 15 minutes because I just couldn't <laughs> because they because the music was just like mush in the background, and I wasn't yeah. able to pick out any bits. So it required really attentive listening yeah, for me yeah. so we really we really did uh, that's why it took a, lo- a while to record this one was mainly because I needed dedicated time to sit and, yeah, yeah. I had and to, properly the- give it attention rather than you know, you know often I'll put on an album in the background listen to it a few times pick out notes from little songs and bits that catch my interest um, yeah. this one required a lot more focused um, listening agreed um, so the next track is If the Truth Be Known <laughs> This one is a actually quite a thrashy sound to it. Good, good riff. It reminded yeah, yeah. me of a lo-fi version of "New Love Lost" by Carcass. I can, um, I can hear that. Which is interesting because Bill Steer the, used to be the guitarist for Napalm Death, and he left yes, for himself. Yeah. So he'd actually left the band by this point. Um, and and that's where there's certainly similarities between Carcass, which um, started off a more straight-up death metal band, and then became more uh, obviously more melodic. Um, yep. compared to Napalm Death went a different direction but this um, yeah it, it, it gets really really thrashy in this one yeah no I really like this a lot I, I like that really nasty riff at the start of the song um, it doesn't instantly kick in with the sort of breakneck speed that you sort of get across a lot of the songs on this record so it was nice to have a bit more of a, a sort of mid-paced groove which I really enjoyed more of a death metal sound I think um very stompy, uh, but then the pace does pick up, um, and I think it's a more effective use of that. Like, um, it's not instantly just like you're being bludgeoned with tremolo picking and blast beats. It is like it earns <laughs> it earns that shift in speed. I think it does it a lot better. The structure is a lot nicer. Uh, two minutes, we do get more blast beats, and the tremolo picking does come back in this song. It's just inevitable. It's going to happen across all of the songs. Um, <laughs> Count down to blast beats and tremolo picking. Yeah, but there is some there is some divergence in the drumming on this, which I really liked. It does get quite punk, actually. I really like that sort of. Uh, there's a lovely little sequence of the hi hat before the last riff around three ten as well, which sort of like. You, you know, you you get this really fast sort of hi hat sequence, and then it 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 comes back in really cool, nice and effective. Uh, there's also this really weird nonsensey noise outro. Did you hear it's that? It's like a so- yes, the solo that sounds uh, it sounds like a fruit machine giving out a jackpot. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange. It's clear. I don't think it's a guitar. I think it's some sort of electronic noise box or something they're using. But like, um, yeah, very very strange. And but it it gave this song like moments that were unique and you could pick apart and uh, as a result I think I preferred the structure of this song as opposed to Vision Conquest um, it just yeah it, it just felt like it was it was doing more and it kept me engaged better um, it, the production is always going to be a point of contention over this record I do feel like the drums are a little bit too high in the mix like you said um, and the guitars kind of get buried quite a lot and there's there's very very little bass that you can really hear across this record um, if you can look past that and just focus on the actual songwriting and the structure I think If the Truth Be Known is actually one of the more effective songs on this record I think um, yep yeah yep I can, I, can, I can definitely agree with that what do you think about the lyrics in these songs so like yeah, let's be honest a sort of punky death metal band with sort of vaguely kind of how you describe it anarchist left leaning sometimes vegetarian um, lyrics that's very much in my wheelhouse <laughs> something I would yeah, like yeah I'm, um, I'm very into that style a lot actually I mean a, a lot of my modern sort of um, 
heavy metal listening is is very much anti-fascist and i love all that sort of stuff i think it's incredible that they're sort of there's a there's a real big black metal movement to sort of like shift that back into an anti-fascist way uh some really good bands like underdark and dawn raid do that sort of stuff um big like anarchist message and stuff i think it's really nice to see that subversion and taking the genre away from i mean black metal in particular is very um renowned for being you know uh, quite right wing in places and uh, yeah, if if not in um if not in the content of the songs then certainly in the conduct of the members yes absolutely absolutely um so yeah i i very much appreciate that that sort of left leaning sound um i think it's a very welcome in a scene that is you know often quite prevalent with right wing um supporters um it's just nice to have someone sticking the finger up and going no this is this is a, a space for all people and it's um i just yeah i i, I it, it will always be a more attractive proposition to me than anything that's sort of right wing uh i just oh, yeah I, yeah we haven't done that what is what, what would be right wing metal i don't know it to be more anything more country leaning for the usa it tends to be more right leaning well i mean the, the I most... we, we we don't we don't cover it as the answer yeah, we no, we, we're probably not going to be doing that anytime soon. No, uh, the, I mean, the most egregious example recently is probably Iced Earth. Uh, John Schaefer, obviously, getting arrested for storming the, the Capitol building this early this year um, and being a massive twat. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> or or or, uh, or our uh, previously covered System of a Down, who all yeah, seem God, to they, be they, getting increasingly conservative in their old age. In mm, just that's a bit. Um, yeah, that's that, that really still upsets me to this day. <laughs> One of my favorite right. bands. Well, this, is, this is getting yeah, off topic. There's, de- there's definitely there's definitely some songs in this that are uh, better than others lyrically wise, and I do find sometimes it can be a little bit preachy. Um, um, and there's a, there's a bit of a sort of sense of smug smug intellectual superiority in some of these tracks, um, yeah. especially. Um, if you listen to From Enslavement to Obliteration, the first track is him screaming about weak minds, which obviously oh, really? implies that they, they are of the stronger minds. Um, <laughs> I liked some bits I didn't like others. But yeah, better better to be better to be left leaning than otherwise. And, and some songs um, definitely um, have that slightly preachy element because you get into get, with all the hardcore punk, you started again the straight edge type stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a thin line, um, and it, I don't think. Any of the members of the Straight Edge, um, but it's it's all tied up in the scene and and uh, you know Carcass. Most of their members are either vegetarian or vegan, so um, everybody's yeah, yeah. everyone's favorite um, band. I was uh, sharing something from uh, their latest album, Torn Arteries, and work, and they were like, "Geez, you know, do you listen to this? Like, yeah, no, they're all they're all vegans. Look, the heart the heart's made out of vegetables." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I st- I'm still a little bit in two minds about that album artwork. I think it. it it's an interesting piece of artwork, but I don't think it works too well for Carcass, unfortunately. No, um, not as it's not as good as um, Surgical Steel or something. Uh, I think yeah, it's I think yeah. it's a very pretty piece of artwork, but as you say, might not be the best album cover for for Carcass. Yeah, but yes, we've got massively off topic here. I, I do very much enjoy the left leaning lyrics. I think they're super welcoming, and I like that there's bands like that uh, voicing opinions like that in such uh, a wide space. Um, because yeah, Napalm Death are. I mean, sure, they're pretty niche and very sort of extreme, um, but they like they do have a large crossover appeal, and I think it's amazing that a band like that has a voice that loud in uh, a space like death metal. I think it's really cool. Right, let's move on. We've got Inner Incineration. <laughs> This one sounds a lot like Death, the band. It sounds like something of symbolic. Yeah, um, I, I actually I said the the opening riff almost has that sort of Slayer sound, sound sort of to it quality. Um, it, very sort of evil sounding riff. I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, there's definitely like a an influence on thrash that are coming through on this song. Um, the guitar work is more hardcore punk as well on this one. It, you, it's um, a lot more simplistic, sort of like moving around between three chords, um, yeah. which I really enjoyed. Um, 
You can actually finally hear a bass guitar on this record because it gets yeah. isolated at the one minute. Mark, yeah, you hear it around one minute. He, yeah. he, there's a bass solo, and then I think Barney shouts "blast." Uh, yeah, and then lots of blast beats. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fine enough song, but this one is a very sort of like one and done idea. Um, it's not enough discernible riffs on this one to really keep me engaged, unfortunately, because as we've said. You know, Barney doesn't really have an awful lot of range, uh, so it's very much just death growls the entire song. Uh, and yeah, the any sort of nuance is kind of lost on this one, unfortunately. Like you just, it it just kind of became a bit sort of mushy background noise for me. Yeah, I mean, it also this also reminds me of early Megadeth. The little guitar yeah. shreds and squeals are quite um, early Mustaine-esque. Mm. Something off Killing Is My Business. I think. Yeah, agreed. I think you're right about that mushy sound and. And after listening to it in detail a few times, for me, it's more of a capturing an overall mood than having a really distinct set of songs. Yeah. And I'm not familiar with this album, which doesn't help, mm-hmm. but the songs yep. do blur into one a little. And it's, yeah. in terms of a good overall mood, like it's it's fine. You know, something I'd happily put on in the background will it work too, but it can be a little bit bludgeoning yeah, af- yeah. after a while. Um, and this is the, I mean, this is the eternal problem of you know we decided to do a song by song metal podcast, and we're you yeah. know, 25, 30 episodes in, we can't quit now. Um, yep. But um, we had the same sort of issue when we talked about Bellacore's Vessels, which has an eight minute long tracks, all with you know probably more riffs in one song than this entire album has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and, it, and it, it requires a a different kind of discerned listening but it, yeah. but it, it is it definitely captures a vibe there's a, there's a, consist, there's a consistency to it um, mm. that um, you know we haven't always had with other other bands uh, that, that do weird stuff and you know, they, those albums that four songs you decide you're going to chuck a ballad in there or something really slow kills the momentum this album yeah, yeah. never does that oh no absolutely not but I think it does also um, give us a good example of why we favour melodic death metal over straight death metal because um, like melody, well, it's just that there's a little bit more to keep you engaged, right? It's it's not just the same sound song after song after song after song. There's at least like movements, peaks and troughs across the songs that actually keep you engaged. Whereas I feel like uh, there are certainly songs on this album that do have that sort of movement, but unfortunately, uh, for for a, a a a front to back listen, it does just feel like this you kind of lose yourself like in the structure of the record it's like well, where am I what song am I listening to there's nothing really bis- discernible between songs that could go ah oh, yes I'm listening to uh, Inner Incineration that's that that's that song and it's just like well it could have just been any of the last ones you know like you could have just been in amongst it yeah absolutely I, I feel like if you said uh, right Alan we're gonna have we're gonna put a bet on I'm gonna put a thousand pounds of my own money up and you're going. I'm going to um, play a track from Harmony Corruption in a random order, and you have to tell me what it is. Yeah. Even with that financial incentive, I would find that really hard. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> just, um, which uh, I mean, maybe that just says a lot to my attention span and intelligence. But I, I think I would just really struggle. Um, yeah. So next, next, lest we be accused of not giving this album a fair shite and, and having yep. malicious intents, let's listen to the next song, which is Malicious Intent. <laughs> So this one, this one sings into a nice groove. Yeah, um, I enjoyed this actually. Again, you get that sort of D beat hardcore drumming style, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, there's a guitar solo on this song. Dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, my my favorite bit in this, and I've, I've left the um, the timer mark so you can cut it in. Is there's a there's a bridge riff, and then there's ding ding ding, ding sound about <laughs> one minute ten before you get a big sludgy breakdown. I particularly like yeah. ding ding ding. ding. Yeah, uh, but the drums are pretty relentless throughout this one as well. Absolutely, yeah. One minute forty, you get a nice little guitar solo, which helps break things up as well. 
Um, but again, I I, I kind of came away from this feeling like um, it's it, it was it was fine. Like it was nothing impressive as a guitar solo, but it helps add something extra, right? Um, there's a really nice groove that sort of kicks in around 208. Um, very much appreciate that sort of like change in tempo. Uh, it's like bludgeon you with a nice heavy riff for a little bit. Um, that those moments are the ones I really like latched onto with this record because they're few and far between. And when they show up, they're very effective. Uh, they help like break the song up and give it a little bit more of a just a nice satisfying moment where you could just be like, yeah, I can bang my head to this. This is really good. Instead of, yep. you know, yep. the the blast beats, which I don't know what you do to, with your head to a blast beat. It's a, um, I think it's a I little think, bit too quick. I think our our hair is no longer long enough to do what you're meant to do. I think what you're meant to do is sort of shake, windmill your head around. Ah, uh, the windmilling, of course. Yeah, yes. I think that's what you're meant. I think you just windmill around and it doesn't really matter what tempo you're at. Yeah, yeah. No, my hair is long, long gone for any sort of windmilling, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, the last time I tried to headbang in a gig, I get oh, I nearly give myself whiplash. <laughs> you can't do it with short hair. <laughs> oh god, I haven't been able to wear a pair of glasses that would uh, withstand the headbanging I would used to do. God, uh, they they will just fall <laughs> off my head now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it it's fine. Malicious intent is fine. It's another song that just kind of gets lost in the mix. Uh, you you would be hard oppressed to, to discern it as a song uh, if you were shown it completely blind. Uh, and as much as I liked elements of it, it, again, it's like okay, I'm just please lads, a little bit of variety. I would very much appreciate that by now. <laughs> and we're only only four tracks in. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> to to. To a forty-minute album, to forty-minute album. Yeah, exactly. But thankfully, the next song is "Unfit Earth." Now, I really enjoyed this song. Uh, this gave me what I wanted. Um, so we kick off with a big bouncy groove to open it. Really good, great headbangy moment. Enjoying that a lot. Really like the structure of this song. When it eventually sort of introduces its blast beats again, it feels like they're actually earned. They build to a crescendo. You know, the blast beats are punctuating a nice sequence of the song, which I really enjoyed. Much better structure. Then around three minutes, we get that slow down into a nice big dirty groove again. Oh, it's really nice and satisfying again. I can headbang to that nicely. Um, then it builds to a big burst of blast beats again around 4.20. And it just caps the song off nicely. It just feels like the structure of this song was perfect. And I did a little bit of further reading. I, I wanted to have a little look and see what Napalm Death currently play in their setlist. I went on to setlist.fm and saw what the last show that Napalm Death played. And this is one of two songs that gets regularly played in their setlist to this day. Um, and I can exactly see why, because it's just enough here to like keep you engaged the entire song. It felt like a song. I felt like I could discern this one from the lineup, you know, like it's, yep. it's a good little song. Um, yeah, really much enjoyed this. Don't know about you, Alan, but, uh, yeah, had a great oh, time. Oh, no, I, I enjoyed this one too. I think the mm. intro could have been a deep cut on Metallica's Kill Em All. Yeah, very, yeah, I can hear Very that. mid-tempo thrash song, yeah, and yeah. it absolutely explodes around the 120 mark, and it goes a bit nuts with pounding drums and increasingly irate singing, and you get a real yeah. atmosphere of ecological collapse. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is very much something of the 90s, because they're talking about you know, dioxins, and uh, they're talking about the greenhouse event rather than you know, yeah. climate catastrophe. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the lyrics, and I love the cheesy lo-fi bomb noise at the end, where he goes, oh, goodbye! Yeah. <laughs> the atom yeah. bomb it's really good um, high quality environmental metals like Proto Gujira yeah yeah no it's super cool like uh, yeah really really good song definitely one of the album highlights for me um, I think uh, yeah I, I came away with, from this one being like okay cool there's there's something in here for me absolutely I, there's, I can I can I can lash onto this one good song structure some nice little moments uh, and a little bit more appreciation for how well the slower tempo can like benefit the higher speed blast beat sections you know it's it, a nice bit of light and dark um yeah 
Really, really good song. Really enjoyed that one a lot. We then move on to Circle of Hypocrisy. I thought this was another sort of punky kind of song. This one, lots of like little sort of punk sounding uh, opening riff at the start of this one, which I really enjoyed. The D beat drumming comes back again. Um, we do get that tremolo picking uh, coming back into the song as well, and it speeds up around 150, mm-hmm. gets the adrenaline pumping again. Um, another little guitar solo around three minutes on this one. Yeah, there always there is a pleasant surprise when those turn up. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's quite a, it's quite a good solo actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it, it was it was the right song after Unfit Earth, I think. Like even though it kind of becomes another one of those ones that's a little bit, you know, gets lost in the mix a bit. Um I think just having something a little bit more punky after a song like Unfit Earth really kind of like helped break this up a little bit and uh help the structure of the record. Um I wouldn't say it was one I would go back to repeatedly or anything like that, but I, I enjoyed the overall style. But it, yeah, again, yeah. it's like eh, this album that's, is a little bit tiresome in places. <laughs> see, that's that's interesting because I, I thought this was one of the better tracks. Um, okay, I think it's okay. I think it's more groovy than thrashing, and okay. they spend a whole minute shredding before Barney comes in. And also, yeah. how good is it that the singer's called Barney? Yeah, <laughs> um, he's, apparently it's because when he when he used to drink, he would get really drunk and bump into things. And so he's called oh, right, Barney okay. after Barney Rubble, uh, which is a, which is such a you know people who people who grew up in the sixties and seventies kind of a, a nickname, <laughs> isn't it? For yes. Flintstones references. Um, so so I enjoyed this one. You know, the drums are flying all over the place. There's quite a lot of precise fills in the bass and snare at, at points, um, yep. and then you get the, the the tremolo chaos around two minutes. And then your standard Napalm Deathy breakdown, I guess it's becoming a standard by this point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, I, I enjoyed this one. I didn't think it was as um, as forgettable as the others. I, I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I did, I did like it. Again, like there's, a, there's more of that sort of hardcore punk influence on it, which very much appeals to me. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, it's, it, it's weird doing this track by track because yeah things yeah. do just kind of get lost a little bit because it's so similar sounding from song to song anyway the next song is The Chains That Bind Us Guess what? It starts with tremolo picking and blast beats. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. Pum- pummeling is the word I yeah. use. Pummeling blast beats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as much as I like that sound, it, it does get a bit much when you're just being beaten over the head with it for, for so long. And again, the shift into the slower, groovier moments on this song around two minutes really benefited it and helped me help bring me back in. I like that contrast. It really helps the music and stops it sounding so similar from track to track. Um, Again, I, th- I thought this is a perfectly effective song. It definitely goes for the Napalm Death vibe that they're going for for this entire record. But Lord knows I would not be able to pick it out in the lineup. <laughs> uh, so th- this one I probably would pick up because I think, again, it's got another solo that reminds me of something from Death. It's got a really good lick around the two minute mark. Yep. And I think the problem is the first half is what you've heard before. Yeah. But the second half is not. Um, yeah, it, it develops a lot better in its back half, absolutely. So I like the the, the fiddly little lick around the two minute mark, and it's got really interesting, like climactic progression to it around three minutes. So mm. there's quite a lot of shredding. Yeah, but it kind of rises up and up and up. Um, it's like the it's like the grindcore equivalent of Hans Zimmer's soundtrack for Dunkirk, <laughs> where it kind of you know goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was quite that was quite fun. Um, so I, I enjoyed this again. 
could you pick the intro out of a anonymous lineup? No, no, you could not. No. But um, but it does more interesting stuff um later on. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, uh, give me your best mind snare. Let's do it. <laughs> mind snare. Mind snare. <laughs> <laughs> mind snare. So this is death metal riffing with straight edge lyrics, yep. um, and, and this is um, this is where I think the um, the lyrics reach a sort of hilarious nadir in terms of um, being a little bit too preachy. Um, it's yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not a heroin addict, right? I'm not I'm not endorsing <laughs> heroin. I just think no. um, it's all a bit too it's all a bit too cliched and obvious. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh, I, again, I liked it. It's got the vibe. It's got that Napalm Death, Evil sounding riffs and blast beats and tremolo picking. Um, but again, we're we're so late in the record now. Where I was just like, please, lads, a little bit of variety, just something to get me like engaged. Thankfully, there is some nice groovy slow bits, like um, which helps that a little bit, uh, and also some hardcore punk drumming near the end, which helped bring it back for me. I really like that little change in, in drum style. But yeah, it's um, if it didn't start with a man screaming mind snare, uh, then it would have again got lost in the mix somewhat. I feel uh, it is a very similar sounding Napalm Death song to the, everything that's come yeah. before it. And, and it's not, you know, like some of my um, some of my favorite bands like Bad Religion have a lot of similar sounding songs, but you can still yeah, pick yeah. them out of a lineup because mm. um, they have very distinct riffs. And they have long ones and slow ones and very, very distinct lyrics. And that's the difference with this is they do, they death do really, it's part of it is because the guitars are hard to pick out of the mix. Yeah. And, and the drums are very similar. Like you're going to hear a lot of blast beats. You're going to hear a lot of the, the hardcore, um, punk beats, right? And, and yeah, yeah. I think that is part of what, even if they just elevated those guitars in the mix and, and, and reminded us that the bass, the bass is indeed there. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, um, that might make it a little less um, sort of bland. Yeah, yeah. No, this is the thing, isn't it? Um, but yeah, again, perfectly serviceable. But I don't know. I just I was a little bit exhausted by this point. <laughs> well, I, I was extremely exhausted by this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I think the album ends uh, with two absolutely brilliant little tunes. Um, so we have Extremity retained. <laughs> Which is basically two minutes of all-out hardcore and blast beats. Um, and I think a lot of these songs would have benefited from being tighter, little punchy songs like this. Actually, yes, yes, um, yeah. It, it it's it, it it's in and out. It does exactly what it needs to do. It's all its ideas very quickly, um, and you get more of that grindcore. Like, oh yes, okay, I can see where this band has come from. This is where this is probably what they used to sound like. Um, this is. Yeah, it's just a lot more succinct and it does exactly what it needs to do in a short amount of time and is a lot more effective because of it, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I like the, uh, the beginning of this and then <laughs> yeah, you're in the again, last very central. Yeah. This seems to be directed at people who don't like extreme metal. Um, <laughs> uh, and the, the lyrics, I think, are, good, are a good motto for our website, which is just a noise, your shallow view, an opinion I find misconstrued. There's probably more thought in what we do than a large part of what appeals to you. Oh, there you go. Look at that. That's a, that's a lovely um, little uh, that's a line, actually. I quite like that. Um, yeah, it's, but uh, yeah, no, I very much enjoyed Extremity Retained. I think it is, again, just... I feel like if they would have kept the grindcore structure of their songs and have them a little bit tighter, a little bit punchier... Just shorter little bursts like this, 
I think this would have been a little bit more of an engaging listen. Um, whereas I think the longer sort of death metal song structure doesn't quite vibe with their with their with, with, where they're at like songwriting wise at this time in their in their career. Um, which is a shame because uh, yeah, I would have very much enjoyed more songs like Extremity Retained. And I think that's that that's where this uh, album probably did lose a lot of their audience because yeah. it's, it's as you say, it's a bit longer, a bit more death metally, but it doesn't have the same expansiveness of ideas that mm. would really justify say, a four to five minute song length. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially at that kind of speed. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it, yeah. It, I think that is a big problem for me with this. With this is like yeah, it is. The songs aren't particularly fast, but there are elements of it, especially with the blast beats, that are fast. And for a song that you know, quite quite a lot of these songs are, are hitting around four or five minutes, and it's just like it's just too much, lads. It's like it, I can't listen to that sound so incessantly for such a long amount of time whereas I can for two minutes absolutely I can take take away from that and just be like oh yeah cool banging the head wanging the figure it's all good let's go um, but uh, yeah the longer songs definitely feel like uh, they get a little bit tiresome finally then uh, well on the original lineup of this uh, of this album because there is a bonus uh, track which we probably will talk about ah uh, I didn't realise it was a bonus track well, there um, we go so, okay, so suffer the children suffer the children <laughs> anti-religion song with a um, very punky riff to it uh, and this is the other song that is uh, still prevalent in their set list to this day uh, I think Suffer the Children is great I've got a really fun riff at the start of this one uh, I like how the song is structured more focused on groovy riffs until around 140 and then we get the blast beats and the tremolo picking come back it, and it, but it's earned it builds to that crescendo that's what I want 2 minutes 50 for the album's absolute shining moment an absolutely Filthy breakdown. Hey! <laughs> Didn't think we were going to get one of those, but let's mosh to that, my lads. I'm very much into that. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Suffer the Children a lot. It had, again, like um, Unfit Earth, it had that nice sort of peaks and troughs, you know, like it, it flowed in a really nice little way, kept me engaged the entire time. Uh, it, it's the things I like about Napalm Death, all encapsulated in one song, nice movement. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't fault it. I thought this was a great song. What did you think of? Uh, well, so, oh, that was basically. I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Yeah, good. A good old fashioned anti religion song. Um, mm. Bit of bit of thrashy chuggingness carries it through all the way. I had no, no complaints really. That was good stuff. It was fine. It was good. Good. Good end to the album. I wasn't. I wasn't aware that uh, there was that hiding behind is a bonus track. <laughs> Yeah, so Hiding Behind is only on the CD releases. Uh, it is a bonus track. I think it comes from the same sessions. It sounds very much like it fits the, the style of the album. Um, but it very felt like, it for me, it felt like Napalm Death by Numbers. Um, it's got that big evil intro, which adds some drama, I guess, which is kind of fun. Um, and I like the slower, groovier bits in the back half. And there's some nice D-beat drumming as well, which helps break up the bursts of blast beats. But it's that same thing. Death metal growls, um, blast beats, tremolo picking, mix it up in a pot, and there's there's your hiding behind. <laughs> Honestly, I just kind of glossed over this one. It might yeah. as well not have been on until it got to around the three minute forty five mark when it picks up a bit, and I started nodding away for a little while. Yeah. But I really had pretty much nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and, and presumably um, they didn't think it was good enough for the original original cut too. So um, probably yeah. probably right, probably right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I say, I was pretty exhausted by this track, and um, yeah, I was bizarrely kind of happy to see the end of this record. Unfortunately, which is not a good thing to take away from this right i wanted to be introduced to a seminal british grindcore band and unfortunately i came away with quite a middling death metal record um which was a little bit of a shame i think the overall sound of this record is quite repetitive there's very little Mm -hmm. that grabs you as memorable i like all the evil guitar riffs they're really fun uh the blast beats and the tremolo picking and death growls are all you know prevalent across every song and they're certainly effective if you use them well but I think their overuse on this record makes them a little bit uh, tiresome. You quickly get lost across the album as you listen to it because every song is just so similar. It's uh, it's very difficult to discern uh, unique songs. Um, so yeah, it's very difficult to to think about what our favourite songs would be. To be honest with you, um, uh, look, I I agree with you that it's a bit repetitive. I think the production's pretty crap, but I guess that yeah. comes with the territory and. The sound overall is pretty consistently fast and furious and punishing, but yeah. as you said, it's just so many blast beats, is yeah. so much tremolo picking. Like yeah. even even compared to like you know, that Amonomarth double live album, there's even more tremolo picking in this. Yeah, and it's uh, but if you if you compare it to like you know when we put on um, you know Emperor, whenever we were listening to that, like it also has blast beats and tremolo picking. This is a, a huge amount of variation. Yeah. In, in, in what what it's doing, and it's yeah. Like I think it's it's enjoyable enough. I really enjoyed the drumming through. Oh, I wouldn't say it was just, a bad album by any means. Yeah, but it's it's just like it's good background music if you want to drown mm. out the world while you're working out, or if you really want to paint your house quickly and aggressively. <laughs> I think I don't think this is a great introduction to Napalm Death at all. No. It's an interesting topic for a podcast. Yeah, but it is. It's kind of like. Oh, we're gonna cover Metallica. What album are we gonna do? Oh, we're gonna do Load because that's you know their their classic nineties sound. It's, yeah, yeah. It's so it's so far removed from pretty much everything else Napalm Death has ever done. Yeah, that it's um it, it's not a yeah it's not in any way representative of, of the other stuff I've heard of the band. Um, mm. so favorite tracks, favorite uh. tracks. I think your favorite track is probably Suffer the Children. Uh, it's either Suffer the Children or Unfit Earth. Unfit I think Earth. I'm I'm a little bit more in favour of Unfit Earth, I think, just because it, it's in the first half of the record where I was fully engaged and it, it hit me a little bit more um, as, okay, this is what I wanted from this from this album. But yeah, Suffer the Children is also a very good pick. Um, as for you... Hmm, um, I mean, I, I want to say the same thing, really. I mean... I think if you're not picking Unfit Earth or Suffer the Children, you're kind of not doing the right thing. But uh. <laughs> uh, no, de- I definitely enjoyed Unfit Earth the best. I also really liked um, Circle of Hypocrisy. Actually, that was a good backup choice. Yeah, for me. I was um, I remember because it had that groove that. metal feel to it. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough old record to listen to. This one, unfortunately, I think uh, it, it definitely needs a little bit more variety to keep you engaged, um, and. Again, I was very surprised that it wasn't a grindcore album and it was more of a death metal album. So I was very much prepared to further listening. Here's some grindcore records to check out. But no, I have had to pivot on that and go for death metal stuff. Okay, so I've got a further listening recommendation for you. Okay. Um, the name of the band is Napalm Death, and the name of the album is Throws of Joy in the Jaws of ah. Defeatism, which is which I was listening to. It's like, wow, this is this is great. This is yeah, so yeah. much better. Um, that is it, and um, that was the, the caveat that I listened to that. I've listened to a bit of Apex Predator, which is the album okay. before that, which yep. I didn't enjoy as much. I think. Yep. Throws of Joy is a really great evolution of their grindcore stuff. Much, much better production. Very okay. strong groove metal influences, and not yep. so much death metal. But it doesn't lose the punky, thrashy bits. Um, I think it is. I think you'd have a much better time listening to that. I think you'd have a you'd have a lot to, to get out of it. Um, yep. Having said that, you know, a, a, a not further listening recommendation from I did not like from Enslavement to Obliteration. And okay. I listened to a bit of Scum and didn't really gel with that. Like it's not. It's not really my cup of tea in general. It's not really yeah. melodic enough, but I really did enjoy um, 
really i was in throes of joy at throes of joy uh, <laughs> there you uh, go I really I, I think it's a really it's a really good album so that would be my first bit of unexpected further listening for you okay um, i'd also gone down death metal territory yep um so this album reminded me a bit of death's symbolic which we will definitely do okay podcast at some point yeah, um, not, not not right now, but later. Um, but that, that to me is probably the, the apex of the traditional, tra- traditional such a thing, traditional death metal genre. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to that and you like the the death metal bits of this, you wanted it a little less repetitive and a lot better. Um, have a fun time there. Um, also, this album reminded me a bit of Cannibal Corpse, and it's very okay. difficult to it's very difficult to recommend a Cannibal Corpse album because it's Cannibal Corpse and the lyrics are pretty grim. Um, yeah. But if you haven't listened to any Cannibal Corpse before, their latest album, Violence Unimagined, is pretty good. They've also got an album yeah. called Kill, which is marginally less offensive than some of the early stuff, like you know, Tomb of the Mutilated and that kind of thing. Yeah. Although, having said that, Hammer Smash Face does have a particularly good uh, riff to it. It is a classic. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of what I had lent towards. What, what, what were you inspired to listen to next after okay. listening to this? So, yeah, so uh, my further listening I did pretty much instantaneously after listening to the records, uh, the, the, so the Napalm Death record. Um, so this is why I, I tweeted, oh, my brain is mush, because I, I was just listening to my further listening records <laughs> afterwards. But I'm, I'm glad I did that, because it ascertained that they were the right picks. Um, so first up, I have decided on Miasma, which is a Black Dahlia murder album. Um, I love the Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, the only reason why I picked Miasma was mainly because of nostalgia. It's uh, probably the first one I had. Very, very good uh, death metal record. Um, and it doesn't outstay welcome. It's about 35 minutes long. It gets all its ideas onto the page very quickly. And um, there's a lot more variety to the music. It's more of a melodic death metal record, I'd say. Um, okay. So they're, they're, the way the songs are structured definitely uh, favour more melodic guitar patterns and things like that so it's nicer to 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 listen to a little bit more discernible songs sound like songs yeah i i've never listened to black dahlia murder and uh. i think and i think part of the problem is that i always confuse them with the the black veil brides <laughs> uh, that's a very different band i'm afraid buddy <laughs> but yeah um no the black dahlia murder are fantastic um yeah uh like i say i only picked my asthma because it's um it's it's the nostalgia record for me. I I really like that. But um, you you honestly cannot go bad. Uh, can't go wrong with a uh, Black Dahlia Murder record. They have a, a fantastic discography to explore. And for further listening, I decided, well, gotta have a British death metal record, right? Um, and yep, yep. Um, I'm a big fan of a band that were very short-lived, unfortunately. Uh, a band called Aghast with an exclamation mark at the end. Um, they released one album uh, called All the Rage in 2014 and oh my god it's like an unsung hero of death metal, it's so good its album is so intense, really really like visceral, but there's so much variety to it it's really catchy for a death metal record, they're clearly having a lot of fun making that album Um, I just, I cannot recommend it enough uh, if you need to go into a specific song straight away, I would search for Look Alive and just have a great time. Um, yeah, All the Rage by Aghast. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic record. I don't think enough people know about it, and I'd like to give it the highlight because uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and it's really good death metal. So yeah, check it out. Trying to include these in the, the show notes whenever I publish them, so I've actually made specific notes to start with Look Alive. Uh, there we go. Thank you very much. Because I'm not, I'm not good with these things. You get to the end, <laughs> oh yeah, then you have to go. Oh, Lewis, what was your choice for about ten albums back? Ninety-three tags. No yeah, worries. Yeah, that was. Um, like I don't want to say you picked a bad one, but perhaps if you wanted to pick an introduction to grindcore, um, you chose poorly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I it. did, unfortunately. But I d- um, didn't understand but... if like someone had give you the recommendation or if you'd done your own research. Well, see, this is the thing based it on the lineup. Yeah. Um, well, no, I I did actually put out like a tweet and say like, look, you know, I need some I need some recommendations for Napalm Death, but I want classic lineup. I want Barney. I want Shane. I want Mitch. You know, and um, Harmony of Corruption did come up, so I, that was generally why I picked it. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, I'm with you. I don't feel like it is the uh, best um, encapsulation of what this band is about, and it certainly isn't a grindcore record. It is much more of a death metal album. Um, 
so yeah, interesting little exploration of a band that I hadn't explored before, but unfortunately I have come away feeling somewhat exhausted and think I might have to go back to Napalm Death a lot later down the line. <laughs> get that, get that, going back to get that latest right album. Get that latest album in your ear holes. I think you feel a lot okay. better. I'll, okay. Um, okay. I'll send you some uh, remedial um, YouTube links after the show. Fantastic. Uh, so that's us. This is a surprisingly short one for us. Um, yeah, <laughs> Let's not jinx it by talking about how, how short it was and making it longer. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two ways to support the show. The first is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And the most important is to share Cast Iron with a friend or two and spread the love around. You can, of course, find all our previous episodes in your favorite podcast app or on our website, castironshow.co.uk. Thank you very much for tuning in. As usual, I have been Lewis Clark, and he has been Alan Williamson. This has been a fantastic little get-together. I'm so glad we managed to get another episode done before the end of the year. So thank you very much for joining me, Alan. I hope you have a lovely day. You too. Have a very Merry Christmas. And if we, Take maybe, maybe if we get this out, that will totally date the album as it comes out in February. Absolutely. So I'll, very, I've got nothing going on today, buddy. Let's get it have edited. A, have a Merry <laughs> Christmas, have a Happy Australia Day, and a great Easter. There you go. Get all the time you need that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care, buddy.